0: we'll get a little bit deeper and into this and uh, it is important this is one of the subjects that is very very important for the church church members for us to be able to teach our our adults parents and children and um, a lot of it is very important for the parents to teach your children the right way Um, uh, the word the word way the scripture way because holiness is all through the bible Uh, The Bible says that um, uh, I am holy, the Lord, talking about the Lord, I am holy, so he's wanting us to be holy also. I believe that's in Peter. Let me read that scripture here. I read it last week. But as, and it says in 1 Peter 1 15 through 16, listen to what it says, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy. For I am holy. Um, There's some very important things about holiness that's going to help us as a church to have identity. Uh, We do have an apostolic identity. um, And we don't want to compromise that, don't want to lose that. That's very vital. It's through the Bible and the Lord has told us through the scriptures uh, what we must do to walk in holiness. And holiness covers a broader area than what we a lot of times think, um, you know, there's certain areas when we say holiness, we think, um, you know, we think a lot of times of our outward dress or whatever, and that is very, very important, and that's part of this. We're going to be talking about that um, a little tonight, and, and then, of course, on into the lesson, but as pastor, I, I've been feeling very, uh, the very much need for the teaching here, because we live in a world today, we live in a world that is so worldly. <laughs> it is so worldly, there's so much sin, there's, there, it's almost like there's no, um, there's no conscience at all about whatever you'd want to do, you do. Well, that is a part of what the Bible talks about in the end time, we're in that day, um, matter of fact. Uh, you've heard the scripture, we've quoted it, you've read it, uh, and it might not be the exact quotation, but, but um, in the end, um, people will say what's good is bad, and what's bad is good. We're seeing that right now. We're experiencing that. You can hear that on the news. You can hear that in conversation. You can hear all, all around us. So, uh, holiness is very vital for us to be able to maintain uh, our relationship with God. Very, very important. And um, uh, holiness is, like I said, all through the Bible because the Lord wants us to walk holy. He wants us to be separate from the world. Uh, He doesn't want us to repent, baptize, wash away the old sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the evidence speaking in tongues, and for us to continue to walk and live the way we always have lived. Uh, When you really get salvation in your life, there is a change. There is truly a change that happens in your life. And as a pastor, I want to be able to lead you and guide you in the ways uh, of, uh, as the scripture said, as he is holy, that we need to be holy. Yeah, but it covers a broader area than what what we think. And we're going to try to cover a lot of different areas in the teaching here in the next few weeks or so. Um, and, I, and let me say this. I welcome the questions that people might ask. Uh, I welcome that. And my wife, we welcome that. Because um, we, we welcome questions if you have uh, an, like a a need for understanding and knowledge in any any subject um, of living for God. We are open for you to come to us. We don't want you to think, I've, I've heard at times, well, you're too busy. Well, I'm not going to say we're not busy, <laughs> but we're not too busy to hear uh, your questions because I know you need instruction, and we want to be there to do that. That's the purpose of of a pastor and pastor's wife, and uh, we want to be there to be able to help you understand these things. Um, so for the sake of helping you gain understanding and help you gain knowledge, um, you need to come to the pastor and pastor's wife and ask us various things that, that you need more instruction on or scriptures or whatever. Uh, trust me, we, if we don't know the answer, we will find the answer. Uh, I'm not going to say I know everything because I don't. Um, uh, I, you know, I I try to to absorb. I try to read and I try to absorb everything I can from the Word of the Lord. First of all, when I set out on this journey of living for the Lord, I want to understand everything about getting closer to the Lord. So, everything in the Word of the Lord including holiness, is about getting close to the Lord in relationship. Getting close to God in relationship. And holiness is a big, vital part of that. So, you know, in this purpose of the teaching here, which uh, teaching needs to explain our doctrines, uh, explain why we teach certain things, why we live by certain things, why we abide by certain things. Uh, Because, you know, I don't want you to just uh, live a certain way just because pastor says this is the way you got to do it. I want you to get it in your heart, not just in your head of knowledge. I want you to get it in your heart. Because when you get it in your heart, uh, holiness is not just only about the outside, it starts on the inside. When we get a relationship with God, it starts on the inside and then, trust me, it will affect the outside and, and all the scriptures and the word that talks about modesty and holiness unto and, and the Lord, we will understand it because we're trying to get, we're trying to please God. We're trying to get closer to God. We're trying to build a relationship with the Lord and when you build a relationship with somebody you do what they love you know you want to please them you want to um you want to do things that that are pleasing to them and that they desire um it's not about oh me when you love somebody you're you're putting your life into um Letting them know how much you love them. It's, you know, if we have a selfish relationship, it's all going to be just about me, me, me. God, what can you give me? God, um, uh, what, what can I have? You know, it's almost God becomes a, like the world would say, a, a Santa Claus, and we come to him and we, want, we just want gifts. Now, I want to say this. The Lord has a lot of gifts that he gives out because he loves us, he loves us, and he is constantly wanting to give things into our life, but we need to be willing to be able to give back unto the Lord and of our life, of our commitment, of our faithfulness, of our uh, commitment to the word of the Lord. And um, so, why does the church stand on holiness? Why does the church teach holiness? Uh, and separation from the world. What what is the purpose of it because it's scriptural. And that's the reason because this is what God wants in our life. So holiness covers a broad area, a broad area about our walk with the Lord. It it covers our and we'll get into this more later, but it covers our conversations. And it even says here in the scripture that I was talking about in 1 Peter um, uh, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, as far as holiness, and I I mentioned this the last time we taught uh, on this subject, um, I believe in holiness just as much as anybody. My method of going about it is I don't, I try not to feed steaks to babies. And I, uh, I, I do like to talk to people on an individual basis, and when I want them to grow naturally. You know what I'm talking about? Let them grow, let them grow. It's, it's okay when people, we've got people that have come into the church here recently, we want them to grow in God. And it's, um, if, if I'm trying to, and I've said this before, but if I plant a garden, which I haven't planted a garden in a long time, My wife has planted some tomato plants, and I go out and pick them and enjoy the fruit of the garden. Uh, But if, if she plants, and I've helped her plant tomato plants, and when I look at them, if I say, oh man, I want to see these things start producing some tomatoes like today, And I go out there and I'm thinking, okay, my concept is, okay, when that thing gets way up here and real tall, it's going to start producing tomatoes and I'm going to be able to enjoy that. So if I walk out there and start grabbing a hold of those plants that we just planted and trying to pull them up and get them to grow faster than what they're able to grow and not let them grow naturally, I'm going to destroy the future of that plant. You know what I'm talking about? You're going to destroy the future of it because you're going to destroy the root system. Root system, the root system, however you say it. I've got so many people tell me how to say root and rut and root. Um, And it's all, in my opinion, it's all right. As long as you say it the way I say it. But if I go out and pull on that, I'm going to destroy the root system and it's not going to be able to live and grow. Um, it's going to ruin its, its future. So, the thing about it is, is um, teaching of holiness, and I mentioned this the last, last time I taught, uh, the teaching of holiness is a matter of us letting, and I'm, let me stop here and say this, I'm thankful for our church Because I feel like our church is set up and ready for the growth that the Lord has spoken to us about. It's taken a while for us to all get there. But I feel like we're there. We're, We're still learning. We're still growing. But I do feel like that when people come in, we don't try to pull them up and ruin the future of their life. We try to let them grow naturally. Some people get it quick. Some people understand it quickly. Some people it takes a while and that's okay that's okay I'm thankful that that uh, the church my home church and my pastor that, that let me grow uh, naturally now the thing about it is I do know that that as I came into the church I was hungry to the point where I was I wanted to hear it all I wanted to know I wanted to know how to worship how to pray how to how to live how to walk all these things as I walked into the church with hair down to here, and, and uh, a beaded necklace. Um, I was 14 years old, and uh, when I went to church, at least we respected the church, and I wore the only suit that I had, and uh, it was a three-piece suit. It was a uh, red vest and a, and a blue jacket and a pair of blue pants, and I had a, I had a, uh, a pair of uh, saddle Oxford shoes on I thought that was pretty cool. I never wore them anywhere other than to funerals, weddings, and uh and and then I wore to church. I don't know what they thought about me when I walked in. I know one thing they probably thought about that is this guy needs help. He needs help, but I did I was used to wearing pair of Can- uh, Converse canvas tennis shoes that were green with yellow shoestrings, because that was the colors of my school. And a pair of blue jeans and um, uh, and, uh, and a t-shirt. I had a whole assortment of t-shirts. If I had only kept those t-shirts today, I could sell those, Brother Ron, for a lot of money. And um, <laughs> But I came into the church and people loved, did just love me. I didn't deserve it. They just loved me. But they didn't destroy my future. They just, they didn't pull me up fast, said, you got to learn this, 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 and this. They gave me a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. But it was my hunger that increased it. It, it was my hunger that, that gave me such a desire to, I, I want to know more, I want to know more. See, that's what falls on us, but we've got to be wise. He that wineth souls is wise. Um... But you don't want to, and that's what I'm thinking about our church. We, we're understanding. We're loving. We're a landmark family. We care. Um, we're here for you. And, and we want to see people grow naturally. And when they grow naturally, they're going to be stronger. They're going to be, um, it might take a while for some people. And some people might jump in so quick you never even thought they were ever into the world. But that's the way it is. It's okay. It's okay. So holiness is such a vital, important teaching. But in time, babies can't handle steaks. And um, that's, that's scriptural. Uh, so they, they live on the milk of the word. Um, and as they grow, they get to the point where they grow teeth. They get to the point where their digestive system is able to handle more meatier things. They get to the point where they're, and, and that's the way God designed the human body. There's a real good connection with the way God designed us as we go from babies to teenagers to adults and, and in, into the uh, elder years. And we, we, it, there's such a connection with that of living for God, uh, such a connection with that of learning how to, to walk with God. So holiness is such a vital thing. And as I said the last time, uh, I'm going to elaborate on it just a little bit more. The teaching of holiness uh, to us as parents and to your children, um, if we can teach our, uh, us as adults and parents and, fi- and be an example to our children in holiness, um, then we can teach our children and we can also save ourselves from a lot of headaches and heartaches. I want to go into detail about that. Because when we, when we teach holiness, if our children will, will let's go back to the main purpose of holiness is to fall in love with the Lord. To build relationship with the Lord. So if we can teach them that and, and they're going to be hungry for more of how to be Apostolic, how to be separate from the world. Um, It'll save a lot of heartache and and headache. Now I'm going to go into a little detail here. Um, The important part, as I said earlier, of holiness is inward and outward. It starts inside, getting our hearts right with God. It starts with a love for God. It starts with a relationship with God. And then it begins to affect everything about us. It affects our, uh, our appearance, modesty. It affects our conversations. It affects our attitudes. I mean, holiness goes so much deeper than what we can think or imagine. It, it, it affects everything about us. Holiness. Walking in holiness before the Lord. You know, and the thing about, and I'm not going to go a lot tonight on this, but we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but what we wear in modesty can determine our children growing up with a relationship of a future spouse in two ways. Well, if if it's modest or if it's immodest, in two ways. Um... They could either have a true relationship of love that will endure the test of time or a relationship of lust that will only be temporary. And then hurt and heartache comes. Now let me explain this. Lust relationships um, many times ends up in a sexual relationship. Uh, that affects the rest of their life that, let me put it this way: okay we do have apostolic, we have apostolic identity, and that is yeah, we do dress different than the world. Yes, we are separate from the world it doesn 't mean we're, we, we look down on the world or look you know and, and degrade the world i 'd realize that there are people out in the world that need to know God. I was there. You were there, <laughs> we needed to know God. so before I came to the Lord, yeah, I looked like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. Um, matter of fact in in relationships um, uh, if, if if there is a a life of immodesty, of conversation that's immodest, of attitudes that are uh, unholy. If there is uh, and the world a lot of times dresses very immodest and it's very embarrassing at times. And a lot of that has to do with they are trying to attract someone of the opposite sex and now someone of the same sex. Um, but if we live a life like the world it's all about trying to attract someone of the opposite sex or same sex for a relationship. But if we walk in a way and dress in modest uh, and showing our flesh, what's going to happen is it's going to be a relationship that is going to be driven by lust. It's going to be driven by lust. And if it's driven by lust, eventually if that relationship's built on lust, they're going to get tired of that relationship, and they're going to move on to somebody else. If they're driven by lust, and then they have another relationship, and then they're going to get tired of that relationship and move on to someone else. The world calls it love. It's not true love. Now, I'm not going to say that, that everybody in the world doesn't have love. There's people in the world that that love and have a love relationship. There's no doubt about that. But if it's based on a lust relationship and just showing the body, and and, and uh, dressing immodest, then that relationship uh, of us as adults and with our children is going to be driven on lust, and it's not going to last. Take take the bar scene. You know, I know, I didn't live in the bars. But I know people that live in the bars, and I know, and I hear the the talk, and I hear the, the expressions and the things that they talk about. But the bar scene is they go, they get drunk, they sit around, they have a conversation, and they have a sexual relationship. Not always, not everybody, but some. And there is a drive to attract to lust. And sometimes it's one night stands. And then heartache comes in, and struggle comes in. It's not all about the bar scene. I'm just giving that as an example. But they bounce from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. So if you take the concept of the world and do it the way the world wants it to be done, and they make fun of us because we're trying to do the right thing, the godly thing, well, you have to have a strong desire and love relationship with God to be able to continue to walk the way you need to walk as an apostolic pentecostal. Let me put it this way, to walk according to the word of God. Let's put it let's put it out there. To walk according to the scripture. You see, the Lord wants he wants to preserve our lives. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be at peace. Matter of fact, the the laws of the Old Testament was about he, the Lord loved the children of Israel, and he was trying to preserve their life by certain dietary ways and different laws that he, that he wanted them to walk by. He was wanting he cared about them, he wanted them to live a good life. Um, he wants us today to live a good life of peace joy, and happiness. He wants us to have a relationship that is sound, built and based on love and not lust. So, if we follow the world's way and it's all about lust and showing the flesh, showing the body, uh, then it's going to be a relationship that is only going to be based on lust that will not last. But when we turn it around and look at a relationship that is modest. It, let me let me put it this way first. Before I go into that, you get what you advertise. You get what you advertise. If you dress in modest, you're going to advertise your body and the and your flesh to the world. But dressing holy and modest, you advertise what's really inside your heart. I guess both ways, you you show what's inside of you, what you're thinking, is what you're heart really is desiring Uh, but dressing holy and modest you advertise what's inside it it advertises your spirit it advertises your love for God it advertises your pureness of your heart It, it advertises your godly personality and if you dress in a modest way instead of people seeing your flesh first they see God in you first yeah they see you as as you are but, but they see that and experience that spirit of the Lord that is in you that love relationship you've committed yourself to God you're faithful to God so we get what we advertise um, when, you, when you're driving down the highway if there's a billboard uh, that has alcohol on it you know what it's attracting those that drink and alcoholics advertising to them does it really have a, a bearing on a child of God I would hope not but it has more of a, an attraction to customers that drink and that are alcoholic that's the purpose of that advertisement if it's a modest advertisement on a billboard, it will attract more modest customers. What we, How we present ourselves in this world, and not just with our clothes, but also with our attitude, our conversation, our lifestyle, it shows what's really inside of us. Both ways. I want people to see God in me. Because I know that's pleasing to God. So, when we talked last week about this, or the, uh, the week that we were talking about this and teaching, um, holiness and relationship is really a lot about wanting to please God. You know, we, we can make it into something that, that okay, um, uh, is, is a hard line. But the thing about it is it's all about relationships. So it's about wanting to find out what God loves and living that way. And it's all about trying to find out how God thinks and trying to please how he thinks. And loving the things that he loves and hating the things that he hates if we can get that thought in our mind, it's, it, will change, it will change the way we uh, live. If we totally fall in love with the Lord, holiness is not going to be a problem. It's not going to be an issue. Holiness is scriptural. Modesty is scriptural. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 through 18. 2 Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. Listen to what this says. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial means Satan. What, what, what fellowship, what connection is there with light and darkness? Um, and it says notice here verse 14 it says be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers now Jesus ate with the sinners what it's saying is if we are so trying to live for God are so yoked together uh, in a a way that we're trying to be like the world and think we're going to reach the world by being and looking like the world the world if you really get down deep into the core of the heart of the, of the world, because this is where I was at, this is where you were at, I wanted something different. I might have said that I, I don't want that. I might have said that you know I, don't, I think that's uncool. Uh, I want to be the way I am, really, down in my heart. That was not the case. I wanted a change in my life. And as I've mentioned before, I would pray at night when nobody knew that I was asking God to save me and my family. I really admired those that were able to make a commitment and faithfulness to the church and to the, to the Lord. And when I came, into, came to the church, um, I seen people that enjoyed living for God. I seen people that had a joy and a happiness. I fought it, but let me tell you something, and I've said this before, the ones that fight it the most are going to make great apostolic Pentecostals. They might say they don't want it, but don't let that deter you from continuing to pray for them and reach out to them because they're just putting up a front because I did that and some of you did that too. Maybe all of us did that at some point. We really wanted it. But we didn't want anybody to know we wanted it. And when I got it, you couldn't keep me away from it. That was back in 1977, and I'm still here. Nobody's got rid of me yet. Nobody's driven me away from God yet. Because I have determined in my heart, mind, and soul, even if someone tried to drive me away from God, no, I'm in love with the Lord. That's what it comes down to holiness I just want to please the Lord I just want to do what pleases him because I want to get as close to him as I can and holiness and modesty pleases God bad spirits does not please God Uh, trying to live holy with a bad spirit does not please God we could have it all on the outside and have dead man's bones on the inside that does not please God but if we got it on the inside, we got a love for God and a love for people and a love for the Word of God inside of us, and then it begins to affect the outside, that pleases God. It pleases God. Um, so he said, be not unequally yoked. And I know that also means it's important for us as children of God uh, and, our, and our children, you know, uh, to... Um, find relationships of people that, that have a, a, a love for the things of God. Not be unequally yoked together but with unbelievers, but be yoked together with people who like faith. So, and what agreement, it says in verse 16, hath the temple of God with idols... If we, in this church, can you imagine if we allowed uh, sinful things in this church building? It it would appall us. Uh, If we allowed idols, and there are churches that have idols. matter of fact, and I've talked about this before, but um, there are certain religions that uh, years ago, and I learned this in Bible college, um, uh, during the time of Constantine, he was, he was a politician. He was trying to get uh, um, uh, the position that he wanted. So uh, he knew that he had to bring the pagans and the Christians together. The pagans and Christians together. They were divided. So what he came come up with was, and it, it was incorporated into uh, the Roman church, uh, he come up with, okay, the pagans like idols, Christians respect and honor disciples, so I'm going to make idols into disciples and prophets. And you know what it did? It did. It brought the paganistic thinking together with the Christianity thinking because they were idols, but they were prophets and Jesus, and Mary, and all these other things. Disciples. So, he brought them together to the point where he taught them in a way of compromise. (laughs) See, compromise, uh, God does not want us to compromise the word of God. He doesn't want us to beat people up with the word of God, but he doesn't want us to compromise the word of God. We need to establish it in our lives it's about relationship it still goes back to relationship with God love for the Lord but what agreement hath the temple of God with idols what would we what would it be like here if we put a bunch of idols up in this building or had a lot of sinful things in this building this is the house of God God gave it to us God bless us with it it would be a terrible thing. We would not have a good feeling at all. What connection is the house of God or the temple of God with idols? It's not. Because idols are not pleasing to God. So immorality and immoral uh, lifestyle is not pleasing to God. So what does that have a connection with the child of God? But there's a lot of religions and a lot of people that are trying to connect the two and compromise of Christianity and the world to just please the flesh, to please people. What do you have when you get finished as a church? You're not you don't have a church that's pleasing to God. What's pleasing to God is to do it the scriptural way, God's way. It goes on, says, For ye are the temple of the living God. Now it's talking about, you know, the temple of God with idols. But also talks, we are the living temple of God, the body. So if we tie this body, which is a temple of God, um, it's full of the Holy Ghost, we tie it in with uh, idols and things of sin, that's not going to be pleasing to God. So as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. That's the Holy Ghost. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And then in verse 17, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You see the last scripture brings holiness into a relationship with God and I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty. That's what God wants in our lives. He wants to be a father to us and us to be a son and a daughter to him. He wants to be a good father to us it's all about relationship with God. When we fall totally in love with the Lord, holiness is not going to be an issue with us. It's going to be something that we love and desire because it's pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. First Peter two nine through eleven. Listen to what it says here. But ye are a chosen generation. Let's talk about His people. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Yes, we as children of God in this present world are peculiar to the world. They don't understand it, but they they might talk against it because I know how that works, you do too. If I'm failing, I want someone else to join in with my misery. I want them to get, I don't want them up here on this level where they're happy and joyous. I want to bring them down to my level where I'm miserable. I I want to bring them down. So, but we're a chosen generation. The world wants to bring us down, but we are a peculiar people. That's God's people. Peculiar. You realize that Israel was peculiar to, in, in the world that they lived in, they, they, Uh, had a mark of distinction upon their lives and upon how they dressed and how they lived and how they walked and how they lived and according to the word of God, they had a distinction there. And that's what God wants in our lives. Um, Chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. I don't want to come and receive salvation And live in darkness. I know living for God is in light. I don't want to live my life after I come to Him. Continue to live in that darkness. I want to come out of that darkness. I want to walk in the light. And it says. uh, Who have called you out of darkness. Not just in the light. But into His marvelous light. It says. Marvelous light. Verse 10. Which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God. That's where I was at. <laughs> yeah, I was a person, but I, I, I was just wandering around trying to find my way, trying to figure out who I was, but I couldn't find it until I found the people of God. But now you are the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. If we live a life and advertise lust in the body, we're going to have a major war with the soul and the flesh. It's going to be a major war. If you wonder why the war is so hard, You need to get full in with pleasing God and relationship with God. And show that as an example to our children. Um, Many get the knowledge of holiness in their mind, but not in their heart. Holiness is not a means. Listen to what this is very important. Holiness is not a means of earning salvation, but a result of salvation. Holiness is not a means of earning salvation. I'm going to do this, 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 and this so I can earn salvation. No, you get salvation because of the mercy of God and out of that salvation and relationship with God it produces a result. A result. Holiness is not a means of earning salvation but a result of salvation. When I receive salvation, fall in love with the Lord... Holiness is a result of that salvation and relationship. It becomes a part of us. Now, I don't want to say all of this that we, we are standoff to the people of this world. No, they are right where we were at at one time. We need to love them. And we need to be merciful to them. And We need to reach them. We, we need to help them. Because we were there, thank God someone did that for us. But holiness is not a yeah, it does separate us from the world, but it doesn't mean that we have to look down on people and be mean to people and hateful to people because we're so much better than you. No, that's not what God is trying to say. He even went to the house of a sinner and, and ate with them and everybody got all upset about it. Because he was reaching. He was reaching out to somebody. Holiness means to be like Christ. Be holy for I am holy. And and if we look at it as only just rules and regulations, we are missing the point. Yes, the Bible and the scriptures explains it and shows us the way of what God wants. But if it's all about rules and regulations, we're missing the point. People get upset with the teaching of holiness because they're looking at it as someone telling them what to do. No, a pastor is trying to deliver the word of God. And we need to hear what the word of... Now, we have a right to not live holy. That's our right. We live in America. We can do whatever we want. We don't even have to go to church if we don't want to. But we do have to deal with the results of that. We have to deal with the results of not walking holy and living holy. But we have a right to do whatever we want to do. But what's the Bible say? It's important for us to teach our families, our children, the right things, the things that are pleasing to God. And in our world today, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, in holiness, we're talking about a separation between uh, male and female. It's more so today than ever before. There needs to be a separation and understanding. Um, But it's all about. It's all about pleasing God, but if we if we don't walk in the ways of the Word and we get we get upset about holiness because someone's trying to tell us what to do, well, we're just delivering the Word. This is you got to take that up with God, because holiness is a part of Him, and He wants it to be a part of His church. Amen. But if we look at it in the, in the sense of being upset about someone teaching holiness and what the church stands on then it's about pleasing the flesh and not God at that point about pleasing the flesh more than pleasing God so what about it What, what about and when you look at holiness what about it's what God wants us to do how about if we consider that that's important It's what God wants us to do because it's scriptural. It's scriptural. And it will save us from a lot of heartache and a lot of pain in the future. Trying to do it God's way. Amen? Trying to do it God's way. Now let's look at the scripture. There are scriptures. So many scriptures on it. But here's what the purpose of the scripture. If you love me the Lord said in John 14 and 15 keep my commandments. If you love me keep my commandments. So here's that, that's the scripture. So lo- listen to this, very, very important, as we're trying to tie love for God into holiness. This is very, very important for us to hear. Love is stricter and more demanding than the law. We have laws of scriptures that tell us how to live holy and be, uh, walk in a, in a modest way. But our love for God is actually stricter and more demanding than the law. Because love makes people do things that they wouldn't normally ordinarily do. When you fall in love with the Lord, you're you're saying, God, I want to know it. I want to live it. I want to understand it. I want to walk in that. But we do need the law of God, the word of God. For if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. For love always goes farther than duty. Love always goes farther further than duty. Love for God will cause us to draw closer to him than the law will. When you fall in love with the Lord, we want to go above and beyond. Uh, That can be a, a struggle here too because sometimes when people are wanting to go above and beyond, they think everybody else should go above and beyond too. And then they condemn people, judge people because they're not going to their level. Well, let them be obedient to the Scripture. And if they want to go further, let them go further. Let them grow. Let them grow naturally. Because truly, when they get love in them, that love is going to take them beyond duty. And love will cause us to draw closer to, to the Lord than law will. Fall in love of the Lord. So, Scriptures. It says scripture has established what God wants in our lives. Now in the book of 2 Timothy 3.16 it says and we can probably quote this all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. God gave the word the scriptures through an inspiration of God and it He's given it because it's profitable in doctrine or for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. The scriptures are profitable to our walk with God and to our families and our children. It's profitable. Now Let's go through these four words here. Doctrine. What, what is doctrine? It's Basically, I looked up the meaning of it. Doctrine is that which is taught. <laughs> we have a lot of doctrine in, in church. Scriptures. Doctrine. We Of course, apostolic, pentecostal, we, we believe in the oneness of God. That he was God in flesh. Uh, that is a doctrine. We believe in the doctrine of Acts 2.38. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name. Filling with the Holy Ghost. We believe in the doctrine of holiness. We believe in the doctrine of, I mean, there's a lot of doctrines, There's uh, doctrines of, of uh, many things that we stand on, but the Word of God teaches those doctrines for us to, to continue to walk in, that which is taught. What's reproof? So, the Word of God, the Scriptures, is profitable for doctrine, but it's also profitable for reproof. Now, we don't look at reproof as being uh, profitable, but when you really consider it, it is profitable. What does pro, uh, reproof mean? It, it means a proof. Proof. That w- uh, also means that by which a thing is proved or tested in conviction. The word of God is proof that God is true to his word. It also, the scripture, is proof that, uh, uh, that there is a life living for God and walking in his ways that, that is a godly way, and a happy way, and a joyous way. So it's profitable in that. It also means conviction. Reproof means conviction. So the Word of God gives us conviction. Thank God for conviction. Now, here's another thing. How many likes correction? Does Anybody like correction? I didn't like correction when I grew up. I don't like correction now, but... I, we're, we're humans, and we don't, we don't think of being profitable. We think we know everything. But sometimes we've got to be corrected. Correction means restoration to an upright or right state. So getting us back on track, the Word of God gets us back on track to an upright or right state. It also is profitable in correction for improvement of life or character. So, the Word of God is profitable for us. And also, instruction is profitable for instruction. Instruction means the whole training and education of children. I'm going to bring this to a close. The whole training and education of children, which relates to the cultivation of mind and morals. It also says adults also cultivates the soul, especially by correcting mistakes and curbing passions, instruction which aims at increasing virtue, disciplinary correction, and chastening. So the word of God, sometimes we it's hard to swallow, but it's profitable to help you walk with the Lord. It's all a part of holiness it's about relationship with God if it's pleasing to God I want to do it I want to live it if it's pleasing to God uh, but uh, but also but if we are pleasing the desires of the flesh we will be irritated about holiness because flesh and living in fleshly carnal ways desires of the flesh is not going to be compatible to holiness If there's a struggle with the scriptures on holiness then there might be a flesh problem there that's got to be dealt with. And trying to live both sides of the fence is a really difficult place. Trying to have the world and the flesh and have God too it doesn't mix, it it just doesn't mix. So it's about relationship with God. It shows where our heart is. And if that's the case, then our heart and desires are not in the right place if it's about flesh. But if it's, in, if it's about God, then it's going to be in the right place. It's going to be after scriptures. The old person we were delivered from has been revived instead of dead. We've revived the old person we died to and, and holiness is a hard thing to deal with in scripture of correction, profitable for correction, instruction, And um, uh, reproof and doctrine is going to be hard to swallow because we're driven by the flesh. But if you're driven by the Spirit, it's not going to be a difficult thing. It's all about relationship. It's all about falling in love with the Lord. It's all about what He wants, not what I want. I don't want to be selfish. I want what God wants because I know what God wants is going to be a blessing to my life and it's going to be a blessing to my family. I'm going to walk in an example of that. Amen? Any questions? No questions? Well, I did pretty good then. No questions. I'd like for us to stand.